Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. We are in a dramatic and exciting story. David is in the wilderness. The Ziphites have betrayed David in that sense. They've given his whereabouts to Saul. Saul has come down with all of his troops, reneging on his promise not to bother David anymore. David has scouted out the camp of Saul. He's asked for a volunteer to go into camp with him. Abishai, his cousin, has volunteered. They've gone into the camp. They've sneaked in. They've had the opportunity to kill Saul. Abishai thinks, hey, the circumstances are telling us we, 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 we have this opportunity. Let's avail ourselves of it. David said, no, no, no. We're going to live by principle. We're not going to change the game plan now. God is in charge. God's going to take care of this. I don't know how yet, but I'm trusting in the who of God, not in the how of God. And that's where we are in the story. We're, we're in actually verse number 11. So um, we'll, we'll pick it up there. David is in this conversation with Abishai, and the Bible says in verse 11, the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed, but I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water and let us go. So almost like the cave experience, I'm not going to touch him, but I am going to take a token to prove that I could have touched him. Exactly right, Pastor. I think in this time, you know, David does not mar the king's garment. David just takes a couple of items that will be easily given back to the king. And so this is, David would look at this differently. We know last time when David cut part of his clothing, it bothered David's heart. But now David is not marring anything or defacing anything of the king's. He simply is taking some things away to give proof. Hey, I was right beside you, Saul. I could have killed you, but I did not do that. And so David here really has a good plan to show Saul, Saul, I was right there. Because David does, again, want Saul to understand, Saul, I'm not trying to kill you. And so David makes a wise choice here. He does. And verse number 12, David took the spear, the cruise of water from Saul's bolster. They got them away. No man saw it, nor knew it, neither awaked. They were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord was fallen upon them. Now, now we learn a little bit more about what God was doing in this situation. The point I want to make here, John, is David and Abishai didn't know what God was going to do. David and Abishai didn't know that God was going to put a deep sleep upon these soldiers. And they may have ascertained that uh, when they came back. But the point is they operated in faith and obedience. They did their part and God did something that they could not do in protecting them and helping them in this mission. You know, I do love David's just faith in God, David's confidence in God, not knowing what God was going to do. And you're right, David doesn't know this going into the camp, but he knew that God was providentially watching over him. And so David had great faith in God. And I just love his example. I, I love the example. There, there are just so many a- applications for you and me. 
So they get out, the Bible says in verse 12, and then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great space between them. So he, he gets a safe distance away. And watch what happens in verse 14. And David cried to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that criest to the king? And David said unto Abner, Art not thou a valiant man? And who is like to thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept thy lord the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As the Lord liveth, ye are worthy to die, because ye have not kept your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the cruise of water that was at his bolster. So David has adopted an entirely different tact in this situation. He went in, as we know, took the spear, took the, the water, came out at a safe distance. Now he, wake, he awakens everybody. He awakens the army. He cries out, but he doesn't cry out to Saul. He cries out to Abner and says, Abner, I thought you were a great general. I thought you were supposed to protect the king. I thought that was your job. How would you possibly have let somebody get through the ranks and get the king's spear and the king's canteen of water? Come on. Yeah, this is a great plan that David has. Again, not addressing Saul exactly, but addressing Abner. And of course, Saul hears this all going on. And Saul is seeing what David is saying here. David says, Abner, you know, you're worthy to die. You let somebody sneak in. They could have killed uh, King Saul. But, but where were you? And I think, as I think through this, Abishai was one who wanted to kill Saul. And David spared Saul. Now, Saul doesn't know all that. Uh, but you know what Abner should have done, he failed in. Right. Abner failed. Uh, Abishai had the wrong motive. David is the one here that's demonstrating, Saul, your greatest friend in this entire situation is me. Abner didn't protect. Abishai would have killed, but I both protected and didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm your friend. He's demonstrating that in a secondary way. Exactly right. And Saul, Saul needs to understand that David is not his enemy. But Saul, again, we keep saying this. We see this many, many times. But Saul doesn't get right with God. But Saul realizes David has done well by me. Now, eventually, Saul is going to die, as we know, at the Battle of Gilboa with his sons. And the Philistines are going to wreak havoc on the nation. They're going to take much ground. It's a, it's a low spot. Now, David is ultimately going to vanquish uh, the country of the Philistines. But for the first seven years of David's reign after Saul dies, he deals with kind of a divided kingdom. Uh, David is the king in Hebron over the, really the, the, the southern tribes, the southern two tribes, essentially Judah. And Ishbosheth, the weak son of Saul, is the king of Israel, but he really isn't. He's really kind of a puppet king because the guy that's calling the shots is the military leader, a man by the name of Abner. And you have to wonder if 
part of the reason why Abner was leading this coup and propping up Ishbosheth is because he was so chagrined by this sarcasm of David in 1 Samuel 26. You know, that is a great, very great thought, Pastor. Very well could have been. We do know that, you know, Abner does try to prop up the house of Saul, as you say. And I think, you know, Abner would have been glad for Ishbosheth to have succeeded as the puppet king with Abner as the real power. But it, it will be interesting to see even how David treats Abner back down the road. You know, Abner never answers here. Uh, the the point is is made, and, and Abner is made to look uh, inept in front of his boss, the king, but also in front of the soldiers whom he leads, that he was the one closest to Saul, the one who really was Saul's bodyguard in that sense, and the one responsible for the supervision of the troops. It is an utter failure that the Secret Service has not done its job. And the Bible says in verse number 17, and Saul knew David's voice and said, is this thy voice, my son, David? And David said, it is my voice, my Lord, O King. So David's purpose has been accomplished. David has spoken to the army and specifically to Abner, but he's really not speaking to them, is he? Isn't, is he? He's really speaking to Saul. You're exactly right. You know, he, his point here is not to embarrass Abner. His point is to get Saul's attention and make Saul realize, Saul, I am not the kind of individual that you say that I am. The, the chief difference between this episode and the episode of the cave is that in the episode of the cave, Saul was alone. And Saul had entered into their camp. Saul had put himself in harm's way unwittingly in that cave, and David had taken the piece of his garment. In this case, Saul was in the safest place he could have been. He was in his own camp, and David entered there. So it's kind of like the, the exact opposite. And, and this time, like the last time, it could have been, hey, I had this opportunity, but there was no harm to me. I had complete power. This time, David was the one that was in complete danger. And yet he was risking that to show Saul, Saul, you see that? I risked my life to come in, not to take your life. You know, and, and David does show us the heart of, of an individual who is trying to repair a relationship and say, it is, I am not the person you think that I am. You know, some people might have said, well, David, just forget about it. Just go on with your life. When Saul dies, come back in. But David really, I believe, cared for Saul and really had a heart for Saul. And I think he really wanted Saul to get right with God where he needed to be at. Love employs different strategies. Love is going to try to find a way to get people to understand it. Jesus said of his generation, we have piped, but you've not danced. We've mourned, we've not, you've not weeped. In other words, we have come at this generation through mighty preaching, like the preaching of John the Baptist that called for repentance and rebuke. We've come to this generation with the good news of the gospel and the promise of a coming kingdom. But regardless of how we've come, with a negative message, with a positive message, whichever side of the coin we've showed you, you have rejected the message. And I think what David is doing here is showing Saul in numbers of different ways, his love, his loyalty, 
But Saul is not hearing any one of these languages of love. It reminds us the problem is not the message. The problem is the heart of the hearer. And that was the way it was in the New Testament. It is the way it is with Saul. No matter how David speaks to Saul, Saul's heart is the problem. And that is the fundamental issue. The seed of the word of God remains the same, my friends. It's the soil of your heart that determines its germination. And let's just ask the Lord today to give us a tender heart so that God doesn't have to speak to us in multiple ways, with multiple levels of volume, that we would be ready and willing to hear his still small voice, not always having to look for a tornado or a fire or an earthquake, but knowing that God's normative way is just to give us his word and for us to listen. Well, I hope that helps. We're going to jump into the last part of this chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.